This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good Arab Shabbos Rabbi Sai. I have an amazing uh, presentation on the Yomtif of Purim. Usually we have a Tefillah share on Friday, look at Purim. We're going to have a share on Purim. The uh, Friday share is dedicated by Rabbi Sai Rosen on his brother, honor of his brother. Ben Levi Yitzchak, and the for his whole family, and the learning of Chodesh Adar is dedicated by the Israeli family, Lila Nishmas, their father and grandfather, Rabbi Shua Ben Yecheskel, Okay, Rabbi Sai, this was brought to my attention by my dear friend in France, Rabbi Rafael Ansel, who shared with me something that Rabbi Yisrael Reisman spoke out recently that I was not aware of, and I'm very excited to share it with you. And first of all, um, I'm sure you all know that I'm, I have an unusual connection with the Chidah. I can't explain it. I do know that after the war, when uh, the Sheir Sapleta Yidin had no Sfarim, my grandfather... Harab Mordechai Leib Gladstein, whose bris mila was on Tainus Esther 108 years ago, he published for the survivors the Leib David of the Chida, and I believe that because of that I have this chus to have a kesher, somehow, with Reb Chaim Yosef David Azulai. And his yard site is tonight, Yud Aleph, his yard site is tonight, Yud Aleph Adar. So one, one item of note is what is the connection between the Chida and the first day you could possibly read Megillah's Esther? The Gemara tells us in Megillah that Achashosh was Malach Bekipa. Literally, he ruled over the world. But what's interesting is that that is not necessarily the real meaning of the Gemara, that he ruled over the whole known world. What, Achashosh, really? He ruled over Europe? He ruled over Africa? Or just Mehoidu Viad Kush? And we're going to see about this. And Rabbi Reisman brings that he saw this in the Lev David of the Chida, in Perkhav Tes. But he says this is found in the Chida, in Mesech David in the Maris Ha'ayin, in the Nachal Eshkol, in his commentary on the Megillah, in the Haggadah Shal Pesach Batei HaNefesh, in the Sefer Simchas HaRegel, in Yosef Tehilois on Tehillim. And he says something that's just out of this world. You ready? Brace yourselves, Rabbi Isai. This is really out of this world. The Chidah is bothered by the following question. We're going to first go to the Sefer Lev David of the Chidah. In the Lev David of the Chidah, the Chidah is bothered that... The Jews in Spain and Africa were not under the domain of Achashverosh. You hear this? We always thought that Achashverosh ruled over the whole world. No, he didn't really rule over the whole world. He didn't rule over Spain, and he didn't rule over Africa. And we know Jews were in Spain already from the time of the first base of Mikdash. It's a pasuk at the end of Ivadia. The end of Ivadia it says explicitly that the Jews were chased out of Yerushalayim and they went to Spain. Oh, you. 
Achashverosh never ruled over Spanish Jewry. He never ruled over... What? Isn't Kush Ethiopia? That's in Africa. Apparently, Lavdafka, no. The Chida brings that he didn't rule over Africa. And therefore he asks, why do Sfardim have to observe Purim? Why do African Jews have to observe Purim? They were not under the threat of Achashverosh. By the way, the Ben Yehoyada Rabbi Reisman brings in Megillah Dafir Aleph says that even though Achashverosh Malach Bekipa, which sounds like he ruled over the world, no, he didn't actually rule over Asia. Uh, excuse me, it means he only ruled Asia, but not Europe and not Africa. But most of the civilized world. So therefore, let me see, uh, the Chidah is troubled. What is, what is the reason why Spanish Jews, Sfardim, have to observe Purim? In fact, in his Haggadah Shal Pesach, Bate Hanefesh, he says, So first he says, well, if Haman would have, uh, over, if Haman would have prevailed, then he would have made sure to spread the decree to the whole world. But Lamaisa, the Chida and the Lev David, and in the Bate Hanafesh, and also in his commentary to Masech Tavoyed Zara, and Dav Tzadi Beis, he also says that one of the arguments of Haman was the Jews are spread all over the world. There's no community of just Jews somewhere. Because Achshiros was afraid, you know, if he's going to kill the Jews, then there's going to be like a patch. There's going to be like an open patch somewhere. It's, there's going to be like an empty space. And Haman said, no, they're mefuzar mefoyer ben ho'amim. But Esther says, you're making a mistake. There are communities just of Jews, for example, in Spain or in Africa. Bottom line is, we're learning something uh, very interesting. Number one, Achshiros didn't actually rule over the world. Number two, the Jews of Spain and Africa were not under the threat of Haman. Says the Chidah, so the reason why Jews the world over celebrate Purim is because the Arizal teaches that the light of spiritual energy that came down on Purim was a light, the likes of which the world has never seen and will never see. The light of Purim, the Oirois of Purim, is an unparalleled R, which has no comparison. To the point, to the point where um, the Chassam Soifer writes in his drushas, She'or Kadosh HaKolol B'Megillah Hu the light of Megillah Esther is kemat greater than the Torah itself. And the Chidah says, this is an annual light. This is a light that comes annually. I want to read to you his words. He, says, he asks, 
Iboy Seima Mitzat Svarav, Iboy Seima Gemara, Alderach HaEmes, Demeyachar de Bechol Shana Meirim, Umazhirim, Zehiros Yaseira Vairim Gedolim, since annually, there is an annual light that comes down on this world, Bepurim, Kechol Asher Niglu Bimei Marachave Esther, as it was revealed in the times of Marachave Esther, Chal Al Kol Yisrael, Lekayim Esimei HaPurim HaElev Zanayim, all of Israel has to observe Purim. In other words, Purim is not just a celebration of our salvation. If that's all it was, Svardim would be exempt. It's a opportunity to access an unparalleled light, which comes down annually. So even if even those who are not threatened with annihilation have the opportunity to access this unparalleled light. Now something struck me this morning, which I think is Ayam Venaira. That means Sfardim were never under the threat of Lahashmid Lara Giliabed. We all know that there is some kind of connection between Haman and Hitler. Just like we find in the Megillah, we have the hanging of the ten sons of Haman, and it is well known that there was an eerie parallel of the ten Nazis that were hung, hanged in Nuremberg. In fact, the small letters, Tavshin Zion, is somewhat of a prophecy of the future date of the hanging of the ten sons of Haman. It also occurred to me this week that we've had many enemies in our history, but Haman was the only enemy who said, Lahashmid, Laharoi Lahashmid, I'm going to destroy your soul. Laharoig, I'm going to take your life. Ulaabed, I'm going to destroy your bodies. Haman not only wanted to kill us, he wanted to cremate us. What does La'abed mean? The Gros says, after he killed us, he was going to destroy our bodies. We never had an enemy before Haman or after Haman who wanted to destroy the Jewish body, except for Hitler. Hitler said, I don't just want to kill the Jew. I want to eradicate his memory completely. I want to cremate his body. It occurred to me, we know we say in the Megillah, La'ehudamaysa what do you mean? The Jews, the Jews are celebrating bris milah on Purim? How is Purim a celebration of bris milah? Haman didn't try to take away bris milah. Yeah, he did. Because, remember, when Hitler wrote in Mein Kampf, the Jews inflicted on the world two imperfections. The conscience, which is the imperfection of the spirit, and the circumcision, which is the imperfection of the body. And Hitler wanted to eradicate the Jew because the Jew hurled on the world these two mumim, these two imperfections. He said, we Germans are barbarians. And when the Jew is in the world, they represent morality. We can't be our true selves. We can't be barbarians. When we annihilate the Jew, we could revert back to be, being barbarians. So Hitler wanted to destroy the Jewish, Jewish body because the circumcision itself represented morality to the German people. That's why Haman wanted La'abed. He wanted to destroy our bodies. Haman wanted to destroy our bodies. He wanted to destroy the Mila. So therefore, Purim is a celebration of Vesasa in Mila. But isn't it interesting then, that just like we know the Holocaust didn't affect the Sephardic world, the way it did Ashkenazic world. And there are reasons given for that. The Imre Emes is reputed to have said 
that the Svardim show greater Kavad HaTfilah. But whatever the reason is, the facts are that the Sephardic world was not threatened with annihilation through the Holocaust the way the Ashkenazic world was. And if Haman is, so to speak, the predecessor of Hitler, isn't it striking, according to the Chida, that Haman wasn't going to destroy the Sephardic world either? I mean, could you get a more eerie parallel than Purim and the Holocaust, and Haman and Hitler? And to me, I never was aware of this idea that Sephardic Jewry was not threatened in the times of Purim. And isn't that striking that nor was it in the times of the Holocaust? Yes, there were certain communities, whether in Greece or in other places, but for the most part, the Sephardic world under Arab rule, under Muslim rule, didn't have the same uh, threat. Kirby wasn't Spain, that he was part of uh, what Carlos, whatever his name was, he was uh, part of Hitler's... Uh, yeah, but- but by, all the Spanish Jews there. If Hitler had been successful, you can be sure. So, yeah, but by that time, by that there time, there weren't any Jews, right? I mean, maybe there were some, but it was not. The Sephardic Jews in the times of the Holocaust were no longer in Spain or Portugal, you know. Where, where were they? The Sephardic Jews, they were in uh, Morocco, there were a million Jews. They were in Iran, they were in Iraq, they were in Yemen. So, well, North Africa is also, you know, we had Rommel. Sure, sure. You're right, I mean, much, more, much less so than the Ashkenazi community. Look, of the six million Jews that were murdered, the, you know, the overwhelming majority, the overwhelming were, majority were Ashkenazi. Yeah. Okay, but Rabbi Isai. Yeah. What about the concept that why, this, why Sephardim would be, uh, would participate in the, the miracle of Purim, even though maybe they weren't threatened by Ashkenazi? But at the end, we know that Kimu Kiplu, the yeah, Jews, all the Jews, Toshev al and that would be a reason to celebrate. Yeah, look, the Chida is uh, providing an explanation, a sort of a Kabbalistic explanation that that the reason all the Jewish people celebrate Purim is uh, because of the unparalleled spiritual energy that becomes available on an annual basis. But yeah, we could certainly uncover other aspects of Purim that are applicable to all Klal Yisrael. Okay, Rabbi Isai, I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos, everyone. Maybe there'll be a short share, the Agar the Perka 1045 on Monday. I wish everyone a good Shabbos, Afreilchem Purim, Kal Tov, Bracha Shabbos, good Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.